When you post hunting photos on Instagram, they get censored. When you post on Go Wild, you get virtual fist bumps from fellow hunters. When you buy gear on Amazon, you gas up a billionaire spaceship. When you buy gear on Go Wild, we donate to a camp that teaches kids to hunt, fish, and shoot. See the difference? Go Wild is a free social community built by hunters for hunters. Join today at DownloadGoWild.com and I'll give you 10 bucks just for setting up your account. And you'll keep unlocking Go Wild rewards as you share content because guess what? We like hunting pictures. Join at DownloadGoWild.com or in the App Store. What's up, everybody? My name is Dan Johnson. I'm the host here at the Hunting Gear Podcast. And today we have kind of a good, bad, and ugly episode from one of our listeners. They reached out to me and uh, wanted to talk about some of the products that they liked from this past year. They disliked from the past couple years, uh, products that they felt performed really well, products that they felt uh, did not perform very well. And I'd like everybody out there to take these types of podcasts with a grain of salt because this is one person's opinion. And I throw in a little bit of my opinion in, uh, into this episode as well. Um, we talk about things like Made in America. We talk about things like perf- personal preference and, and um, how important it is to uh, find gear that works for you. Not necessarily gear that is popular or gear that is uh, that your buddy's using, but gear that fits you and your style. And uh, today's guest is a big guy. I mean, he's 6'6 six, six or 6'4 six, or something like that. He's uh, 275, and he has to deal with a whole different set of issues that guys like myself, I'm six foot 220, I don't have to deal with with that being you know longer arms longer legs longer torso and things like that especially when it comes to clothing so we talk about a whole bunch of uh different things uh in this episode and some of his experiences with uh some of the products again take it with a grain of salt because it's one man's opinion and uh, i love hearing this I, i love these types of podcasts even though it's opinion based a lot of the content that's out there, and you heard it before with um, uh, when we were talking with Tony Peterson on this podcast, a lot of the, I shouldn't say a lot, you know, because with the birth of the podcast, there's a lot of content that is out that becomes more, how you say, real, right? It's not just an article that lists, lists the specs, or it's not a review that just lists the specs. Um, the, these are reviews that are real like I hated this product because it did this or it didn't perform like this or it was too loud or or it was wasn't very durable and, and all this kind of stuff so and you're definitely going to hear this in today's episode we talk about clothing we talk about boots a little bit we talk about climbing sticks we talk about modifications to those climbing sticks and things like that Uh, So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, Huge shout out to uh, our three partners here, and that is Novex Outdoors. Um, I'm still trying to get something lined up where I can talk to uh, Novex Outdoors to kind of explain the transition away from Lone Wolf into uh, Novex. Two completely different companies, but uh, similar product lines. So uh, then, you know, then Lone Wolf. So there's there's a little bit of a story there. It's made in America. It's, it functions the exact same as the old Lone Wolf 
uh, brand. And I'm telling you right now, it's a, it's a good company, very durable, very quality product. Uh, go to NovexOutdoors.com and check it out. Um, Hunt Stand, if you are looking for a app that has just a ton of different features, a hunting app with a ton of different features, whether that's the standard, hey, I need to know who owns this property. Is it public? Is it private? What are the boundaries? Um, they have that. They have a variety of base maps, which are like uh, satellite imagery, um, topography. I mean, you name it, they got it when it comes to the types of maps. Oh, and by the way, their their satellite imagery is updated on a monthly basis. So it's really good um, and, and really new information. They have trail camera, uh, trail camera type uh management software along with that you can drop points on the maps and and basically just journal and document your uh, entire time in the field and all that information helps you get closer to game so um, check out huntstand.com enter the discount code n excuse me sn20 for 20 percent off and last but definitely not least if you're looking for some kick-ass apparel you need to check out TheAverageConservationist.com. These guys have a ton of kick-ass shirts, hoodies, hats. Love the logo, and especially uh, love the logos and the, the artwork on their on their gear. But one thing that's really cool about what these guys do is they give 10% of all their profits to some form of conservation effort. So uh, be sure to check them out. Uh, they are a company that not only talks the talk about conservation, and they do have a podcast here on the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, but they also walk the walk. They said, you know, when they started their business, and you, you can talk to Marcus uh, uh, Ewing about this, the, the owner, he, he wanted to do something where he was talking the talk, but also walking the walk. So uh, check out the Average Conservationist line of apparel. Badass. I'm wearing the hoodie, or a, one of their hoodies and one of their t-shirts right now. So... That is the intro today, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully, everybody is having a great day. Hopefully, uh, I don't know. It's gear. Like, for me, this time of year is about the gear. I start to, I'm looking, I'm looking at new boots. I'm looking at uh, a new sleeping bag. And for the most part, I, I honestly think that's all I need for the upcoming season. But, uh, you know, as things start, as these new companies start to pop up, and uh, we're doing all of this, uh, this, this research on gear, I'm sure there's going to be some things that I, and I'm saying this in quotations, got to have. So, so uh, um, a ton of more content coming out on this episode in, or on this podcast in the upcoming months. Enjoy, and we will talk to you when we talk to you. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. Today, we're talking with Brian Johnson. Brian, how we doing, man? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. How was your season this year? Uh, long. 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 I, didn't, I didn't shoot a buck till what's today? Janu- uh, January 3rd. January 3rd. Okay. So, you went clear into the late season to get it, get it done. Oh yeah, my my wife booked a very expensive trip to Mexico during the middle of the rut, and I couldn't tell her no because she was pregnant. <laughs> you got tricked, dude. <laughs> I know. No, well, and it was it was for a wedding too, and she she pulled out all of the excuses on me. So. All of them. Well, at least yeah. I guess at least you got a trip to Mexico out of the deal. What did you like? If 
if that was me, let me just tell you what I would do if I had to um, go to Mexico during the rut. I would probably start drinking early in the morning and then go sit on the beach and avoid everybody in pout. That's essentially exactly what we did, except for uh, obviously she was pregnant, so she babysat me quite a bit, and then there was a bunch of college, a bunch of college buddies there. So all we did was we we ate till we couldn't eat anymore, and we drank till we couldn't drink anymore, and then we would do you know they had concerts and stuff at the resort, and then we'd just go to sleep and do it all over again. Yeah, well, I guess there's a silver lining there. I would have rather been in a tree stand. But it is what it is, right? Yeah, me too. I had, but I, I'm in a group, a bunch of group chats with friends back home, and they all told me that where 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 we live, they didn't really see much or much of anything. So it sounds like she, if I had, she was gonna pick a week during the rut. I guess it was the the best one, and it was pretty warm too. So yeah, yeah. I guess it worked out. Yeah. So uh, January third is when you finally connected. Was that with a bow muzzleloader? Uh, Bo, I'm in Illinois, so our gun seasons are over um, in December. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Except hey, man. For if you're unless you're in like a CWD county or whatever. Gotcha. Well, hey, at least you got the job done. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. Don't get me wrong; it wasn't pretty. <laughs> but you got it he, done. Uh, it, yeah, I had some does blowing real bad underneath me, and he uh, uh, jumped the string. It was only a thirty yard shot, but he jumped the string. String, and I had to end up spining him so i had to go do all that but yeah hey, man. Out, but yeah it was sometimes it happens that way right sometimes it happens yeah i know it, that's bow hunting if you yeah. bow hunt long enough some something's gonna happen man i had to i had to spine a deer or i didn't have to i ended up spining a deer uh man 2016 and he just dropped he it was i'll say this it sucked because I, I was in a good spot for deer movement, but I shot him in a pasture and it was wet, so I couldn't drive back there to get him. So I had to, me and my stepdad had to pick him up and like throw him over two fences in order to get him out and then drag him through a cultivated field where it was just a mud, I mean, a mud bath. And, uh, I mean, we got the job done, but it was, uh, I don't know. I look back and, and laugh at, at memories like that. Yeah, I had, well, this guy, he, um, it was in the river bottoms, and I had to cross the uh, flood channel, like, uh, on the one side of the levee, how they got those channels to hold the water. Yep, yep. And I had to drag him across one of them, and then I gutted him, and I just draped all my clothes over him, because I got really thick coyotes and I had to call my cousin who didn't get off work for another three hours. Cause he had our deer cart and then he's like 40 minutes away. So it was a, it was an ordeal, yeah. but we got her. It, I guess I, my, my, my wife was very upset. I did. wasn't home till 2am, but I told her, I was like, listen, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I missed the rut for you. I love you. I'll see you when I see you. <laughs> exactly. I love, love, love you very much. <laughs> well, um, this episode is kind of a good, bad, and ugly episode uh, where we kind of break down products that we used throughout the previous year. And um, you responded to a message that I put out on Instagram uh, of some products that you used uh, this year that you liked, that you disliked, and that you thought were, uh, you know, a little bit uh, good, a little bit bad, and a little bit ugly. 
And uh, I think I'm just going to start right off here at the top. And that was some clothing from Badlands. What uh, what category did that fall under, and what did you like or not like about them? Um, I guess there's a couple different pieces that I could go in both directions with. The, the good part, there's a pair of pants called the Calor or Calor, C-A-L-O-R is how they spell it. Okay. And those are the warmest, nicest, best pants I've ever worn bought whatever in my life gotcha they they the material i'm not 100 percent what the lining is but it's it's very very warm and you don't really have to wear a whole lot of layers underneath and the um <clears throat> the cuffs or whatever it's called at the bottom by your where your boots are yeah those are the perfect size to fit over um like if you were to uh, have like lacrosse boots or something like that, like yeah. a knee high boot, yeah, they're the perfect they're the perfect size to fit over those. So it's like snug and your pants aren't moving around. But the warmth is the huge thing for me. Yeah, and it's got flexible knee. They got flexible knees, and if you walk through a patch of like um, burrs or whatever the beggars lice or whatever yep. those things are called, yep. You can you can just take your hand and just swipe them right off. Okay, that's a win right there. If you ask and, me, I know that's that's worth the two hundred bucks. No yeah. no questions asked. Yeah, and like that, just to have a warm pair of pants that, with that feature. Yeah, absolutely. But then the one sec here, one sec here. They're high quality pair of pants. Yeah. So uh, with those pants though, you mentioned warm. So are they designed for a mid season to late season hunting pant or can you get away with wearing them early season too in the, in, in hotter uh, weather? I would, I would, I would say mid to late because they're not, they don't breathe I very gotcha. well. I gotcha. <laughs> the, um, I, what I wear with them is I just wear my, um, my cheapo long underwear bottoms and yep. then a, a pair of, jogger sweatpants underneath with like some just some cheap joggers from like Coles or whatever yeah. and then those pants on top and I've never gotten my legs have never been cold and I've, I've coyote hunted in February I've deer hunted in November and they're just an absolute great pair of pants okay so um you and those cost 200 bucks you said uh something like that I yeah. don't know I bought them a couple uh, a year or two ago but their prices have gone up a little bit but they do this may not, maybe not everyone knows this. They also, they, if you're a first responder, they offer you a, a discount. So you got a discount. If, if anyone out there is interested, just if you're a fireman, ambulance driver, cop, whatever, or military, email them customer service and they may be able to help you out. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great uh, benefit. I noticed that there's more companies doing that, either first responder or military or, you know, police officer and, or whatnot. Now, so that was a good, and that, that sounds like something that you would definitely recommend as far as a pair of pants is concerned. Correct. I had a, one or two of my buddies that hunted with me this year. I had them uh, talk into them, and they both were happy with the purchase as well. Okay. Now, there was something else from Badlands that sounds like it maybe wasn't so great. Um, I just had some issues with their sizing. I'm, I'm a very odd-shaped individual. I'm like six foot five. 280 pounds i have really long legs and a really long torso and really long arms so nothing really fits unless it fits perfect so right i uh there i just found that their sizing and stuff was off and i wanted to buy the matching coat for 
the calor pants or whatever they're called, the calor coat. Yeah. But that thing barely went down to my belly button and it was still, it was the two XL size. It was just past my belly button. Right. So some of their sizing, I think on their tops, I think they're on their pants. Their sizing's great. If true to size or whatever, but their tops, I think it's kind of hit and miss. So what I've started to do before I even worry about buying anything from them, I'll just email or, um, whatever, somebody from customer service and ask, you know, what, because certain lines of things will fit differently. I said, well, what fits like this? And I'll give them an example and they'll lead me in the right direction typically. Yeah. So that sounds like a, a big and tall issue. You know how uh, a regular fit is for like, for me, I'm six foot and I'll fit into a regular, a regular shirt, a regular XL. But when you start getting taller and, and then the torso gets expanded, it almost seems like you would need a, a tall fit for some of their upper body stuff. Yeah, probably. And yeah. that way you can tuck it in if you want to. There's a lot of ways to do that, but I don't, they don't offer anything in tall. I don't believe maybe some base layers, but, or some pants, but I don't think they offer any of the coats and tall. Gotcha. And but, you know, that's kind of a tough shit type thing. You know what I mean? I mean, that's not any, like I look at that and I don't say shame on you, Badlands, right? That's more of a, right. Right. They're, they're probably not their average customer isn't six, five. Right, that I am the exception to the rule with virtually yeah. everything when it comes to clothes. Yeah, and my like even my shoes, I have size fifteen and a half shoes. Like what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so you're not rocking it. You're not rocking one of those ultralight tree stands. Uh, well, I'm still under the weight limit, but no, I got a lone wolf alpha. Is what I mean. Oh, alpha. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, as far as uh, clothing from Badlands, or uh, I think you mentioned some other uh, clothing things that you uh, that you had this year that you kind of whether it was a layering system that you kind of came up with that worked or a couple pieces that worked for you yeah uh up until this year i've been using a lot of because when i was in college i played football and i was in up in wisconsin so we played a lot of cold weather games yep and we i have a half a dozen pairs of like that under armor or nike uh cold gear stretchy undershirts so I was just basically wearing two or three of those as a base layer for my uppers. Yeah. What I started to do this year, and mind you, I'm still balling on a budget. So I, I don't really spend a whole lot of money on hunting clothing necessarily. Right. So I, uh, what I did was I started scoping Black Friday sales as soon as they come out. And I found there's a Shields in my town, or the town I, I'm from. I don't live there anymore. But there's a Shields in Springfield. <clears throat> and... I uh, started to really like some of their store brand stuff. Yeah. And then, and then, so I got a a pair of heavyweight um, base layer, the heavyweight base layer top from Shields, which I think is regular price is about 40 or 50 bucks. And I got it on like 40% off on black Friday or 50% off, whatever the deal was. Yeah. And that is very, very warm. And it has the, it's tight around the forearm and the, the wrist. Yeah. So, and it's also got the thumb hole on the wrist so you can pull it through your coat. Yeah. And it doesn't slide back up. That's a, that's a win-win for me because my arms and shoulders and my, I'm just a large person. Everything's an issue. Yeah. So that was, that was really nice. And then this also, this past Black Friday, I got uh, a set of base layers. It was buy one, get one free on the uh, Bass Pro Shops. 
okay. website. <clears throat> so I just got a, a regular crew neck, um, midweight, uh, it's like a long sleeve shirt, the old school type of, uh, uh, base layer, but it was, um, maybe like a, a wool polyester fleece or a polyester fleece, not wool, uh, on lining on the inside. Yeah. So, and that's, and it's little, it's form fitting. And that's really, that was really allowed me to cut down on my bulk. Cause I'll just do one layer of the polyester, like the cold gear under armors. And I'll usually do the, I won't do like the full blown, like fleecy ones. I'll just do like a long sleeve, regular one. And then the, uh, Bass Pro Shop shirt on top of that. And then the shield shirt on top of that. And then usually just a hoodie and a coat and I'm good to go or a hoodie and a vest. And I'm, I'm good to go for yeah. a white, like up and down until it gets pretty cold unless it's windy. But yeah, <clears throat> that's, uh, those are very, very affordable. And I like the Bass Pro Shop store brand stuff, the redhead brand. Yeah. You can yeah. get, you can get some of that stuff for like $9 a piece. And it's, I had the same pair of uh, base layer bottoms from uh, Bass Pro that I've probably had them since high school, and I'm in my 30s now. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, um, I have. Uh, well, I'm I'm assuming it's the same. You have the the upper body stuff, but I have a pair of Shields base layer, um, their store brand uh, heavyweight base layers. And you're right, mm-hmm. man. That stuff is. That stuff's awesome. I love I love their base that base layer, um, and I only really wear it when it gets below freezing. Um, I because I I don't know I sweat easy when I walk to the stands, and that that holds mm-hmm. in moisture. Uh, like if I, if it's a big if it is a big walk, and it's that it's right around that 30 degree mark. I'll sweat a little bit when I walk in with those base layers on. But if I, you know, and then I'll sweat a little bit and then I'll wear a, another, like a a micro base layer, an ultralight base layer underneath that. And then my, uh, then a pair of pants over top of that, like a, a Carhartt or a Dickey type, uh, type pant over that. And, and, yeah, I'll sweat a little bit going in, but they'll it'll dry out pretty pretty quickly. Do you are you a sweater? Like when you start to get moving, I'm a, I'm a I sweat a lot. Yeah, usually yeah. I'll wear I'll keep my bottom half intact. Like I won't do anything with my bottom. I'll just dress at the truck with whatever I'm going to wear on my bottom half. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'll just wear one or two top layers, and then pack the rest in with my stand. Yeah, and then. Because the the way those pants are set up, you can wear them with a belt or the suspenders. But usually, I'll just throw the suspenders on over uh, my base layers and then put everything else on top of that. So you can just peel those suspenders off at the bottom of the tree and then throw the rest of your layers on and then climb up. So I may not even need to wear all my base layers necessarily. I can just tuck those into my coat and roll them up. Yeah. And then, so I'll just ma- basically wear one or two layers and then, so I don't sweat bad walking to the stand and then just throw it on at the base of the tree. And it's just, you know, one shoulder to one shoulder and then you just flip it back up and you're good to go. Yeah. Yep. All right. Any other type of clothing, uh, that you want to talk about before we move on? Um, the, uh, um, I, inherited a couple pairs of boots from my uncle 
And one of I got some bogs and some lacrosse. Yeah. And I very much prefer the lacrosse to the bogs. Okay. Except unless it's in you know like early season because like the the sole on the lacrosse are so much thicker. Yeah. And the the bogs it's almost I like it in the early season with the bogs though because you can feel what you're walking on. Yeah. Pretty much, but if you're looking for traction, they're not the ones for you. Yeah. Okay. But uh, but yeah, that was the only thing I think I bought that was new this year, or not bought but got that was new this year. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So <laughs> try not to get extremely pissed when you talk about this next thing because before <laughs> you you voiced your true opinions about this product before we started recording, but the Hawk Helium Climbing Sticks. Talk to talk to me about what you I you know that's foreshadowing of you didn't like them. What about them that you didn't yeah. like i uh i had the it was when they first came out with the um the whole suction cup versus button design whatever year that was um whatever ata that was i bought them the next spring okay and how long ago like was the first that? the first batch uh this i used them in 2020 and so it would have been probably spring of yeah spring of 2020 okay and this is when I bought those. So it might have been either the two, it might have been the 2019 ATA. Okay. I don't honestly, or 2020, I don't remember. So dude. two but seasons anyway, deep. So I only, I only, I used them for one. Use them and for one. And this year I gave, I gave, I sold them. Okay. Um, the, um, I, I got the full length ones. I did not get the minis. So, um, I have friends that have the minis and haven't had any of the issues I have had. So I think it's probably just a design problem, but, the full length ones, they're supposed to be 30 inches, top step to bottom step. I found that the Versa button is way too high. It's not centered enough, which makes the bottom kick out real bad. Like, it, I never had a serious issue with it, but I, or I never had an accident, I should say. But I had plenty of times where I'm trying to set it and the bottom's just kicking left and right. And you just can't get it tight enough for it not to do it. Yeah. The. Um, the brackets, the standoffs are held together with, um, I think it's a screw that's way too narrow. And then they end up coming loose all the time. You got to tighten them. And then the more you tighten them, the more pressure, side pressure that gets put on them. And then they, they flatten out and strip in certain spots. <clears throat> the, they, uh, torque up and down. They don't stay at a 90 to the tree. They'll, when you put your weight on it, they'll, they'll torque up if that makes sense. Um, like they'll bend almost. Okay. So, and torque up. So the, when you go to put all like your body weight on them, then the, what shifts picture, up. picture the, the cleats that are touching the tree, picture those staying in the same spot, but everything else going down like the the part the end that's attached to the stick itself yeah will go down and it'll the stick will almost be like the standoffs will almost be canted upwards so it flexes and then, yeah it okay. flexes quite a bit and it and when it does that it gets looser way quicker and then it starts to make these ungodly noises and i had to i was getting to the point where i was just i was checking my standoffs every other day just to make just and then carrying two ratchets in my truck just so that I could tighten them 
and then the st- the steps themselves they they fold in and out mm-hmm. and the, I never had any issues with the steps I thought the um <laughs> the teeth on them were really nice and they flare up at the end and I thought that was really nice but the the they fold into like a track and then those get bent cuz it's I think cheap aluminum on the 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 post and the the more you uh, take them in and out, like fold them in, fold them out, the the bolt in there it strips itself because it's um, it basically wears it so that it's flat. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but if you like, you put a screw in or a bolt that's threaded. Yep. And then if you, if you have pressure that sits on it or you move it enough, the threads will damn near wear off and it'll just be slick. Yeah. I, I had that, I guess I used them too much. And the more I would move the steps up and down or like, you know, fold them in and fold them out. I had almost every screw or bolt. I mean, uh, was worn completely slick in the middle where the, the step was. Yeah. And then you try and you try and back those out with, a uh, a drill or whatever, and it gets caught and then you got to hammer them and it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. So I just, I think in general, I'm just, and I've always been a double step guy. My feet are too big. I'm just too big of a guy. And so I think I'm just done with moving parts. Yeah. Like and sticks, I can, sticks, to, sticks with moving parts just aren't conducive to me. And I just don't think, I just haven't met anybody that's been truly happy with them. And I think that the, I bought the, you know, generation one of these and they just weren't that great yet. Yeah. or at all. And, uh, the biggest thing I think a safety issue is honestly where that Versa button's at. Yeah. It's just, it's on the, it's like, it's like four inches or not four inches. It's only a couple inches from the top step and it's supposed to be a 30 inch stick. Yeah. So you got the whole like two bottom two thirds, which is nothing. Yeah. Man, I'll, I'll tell you right now, you just described something that you were more patient with that product than I would have been, man. If, if I was trying to run and gun with that and set it up and a it continue and I had to take extra time out of my day to tighten bolts or address, address the product because of, I guess, not only the mechanics, but the, the, the material used to make it, it'd be, it'd be in, in my garage and I'd have something else. I'd be, I'd be using something yeah, else. I had a climber. I had a climber I used too. that if I got, you know, I would find excuses to use the climber over the stick sometimes. But yeah. the, um, <clears throat> my big issue was I tried everything in my power to get them to work. Cause they were only $109 or whatever. They, they, they did the, pur- they served the purpose. You know, my wife didn't, throw fit at the price type of thing. And it was fine for what it was, but the more and more I use them, the more and more I got fed up with it. And then I hunt with my cousin a lot and he is super anal about his equipment and like he's just a big gearhead. And he and I got to, he and I hung together one time and I heard how loud they were from the ground while he was setting my sticks and, and I hung him the next day 
And I find like I had like a moment of clarity. Like I don't, it doesn't sound as bad when you're doing it, but when you're hearing it from 15 feet away, you, it's just ridiculous how loud and squeaky and like the ungodly noise they make. So once I, once that finally happened, I was like, you know what? I'm just done with it. Yeah. And, and I, I didn't, honestly, I, after a while, I just didn't feel safe using them. Yeah. Hey man, I don't blame you. And on top of that, it, it's not the first, it's not the first time I've, you know, I heard, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to remain unbiased here, but it's not the first time I've heard people not like that brands, uh, some of their products, man. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of guys on the, the actual stick, the, uh, I guess the peg that folds up, right. Bending mm-hmm. all the way down. Right. And I'm, I'm surprised that because of your size, you, that didn't happen to you where the, the, the step just keeps going straight down. And, uh, so hey, you're not the first person that's had an issue with some of that stuff uh, from Hawk. And um, I don't know, just just hearing stories from a handful of people, you know, you start to like one person comes on and says, hey, this is bullshit. I don't like this brand. It's garbage. You, you take it with a grain of salt, but you start to hear other people like five, six, ten people talk about it and how, you know, guys who I, I trust and guys who hunt hard every year go get their product and then they're just like i'm either selling it or i'm just gonna uh, it, i'm just not gonna use it because it it is it exactly what you just mentioned man and it's unfortunate really yeah and they have some stuff that's great and some stuff i just think that they they overstepped and they tried to do too much too early i think that they could use a lot more r&d yeah. on some of their stuff but then again it's a flooded market so there's only so much you can do, I guess, but I really, I think, I think that they have potential. I just think that they need to stop making their shit so cheap, but yeah. that's just an opinion. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, and I think the, uh, when Hawk was one, one more, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say one more thing with them. You mentioned you brought, you brought up my size and that's the reason I think is that I didn't have an issue because if I only, if I was, you know, 50 pounds lighter, I probably wouldn't, pay as much attention to my equipment but because you know i'm within 20 pounds 20 30 pounds of that weight the quote-unquote weight limit yeah i i tend to be a little more particular about my stuff because i don't want to take you know have an accident so i think that's the reason i was a lot more anal about checking my stuff yeah so but it is what it is i and i i changed the hardware on those things probably in in 18 months i probably changed the hardware on twice yeah which is absurd yeah i have you know, and, and this is biased because they, they sponsor, but with my lone wolves that I have, I have lone wolf tree stands that I've had for 10 years that I've never had to replace stuff on. It still looks good. You know, I check the cables and the bolts. It, it still looks good, and I feel 100% confident and safe in, in that product. And it's just, I don't know, it just... I, I, I don't know. It, I, it's, I guess it's uh, a gap that the company has to fill with, you know, in order to compete. But, you know, obviously some products are better than others is all I can say. Right. And there's, the, I mean, you can't argue that the Made in America stuff is the stuff that's truly, you know, 
from idea to sales floor, the stuff that's truly made in America is head head and shoulders above a lot of their competitors. Yeah. So it does not hurt. I'll tell you that. Something to be said for yeah, and I'll and I'll tell you. And there's a, with the today's you know political and social climate, there's a lot of people out there that are willing to spend a significantly amount a significant amount of more money to get stuff that's made here and is quality because they're tired of replacing shit. They're tired about tired of buying Chinese junk and they just want something to work and they want something in their life to be reliable. And I'm yeah. totally in that, in that same category. That's fact. So you have a couple other products here I want to talk about, but because we're on the climbing stick talk right now, let's talk about the hunting bee sticks. Um, sounds like you got a pair of those. Was that because the Hawks didn't turn out like you want them, wanted them to? Correct. Uh, correct. I, I told my wife, I was like, listen, I know they're going to be expensive, but I know what sticks I want and I don't feel safe using these other ones. And she kind of looked at me and she said, you know, do what you got to do. I'd rather have you spend 400 bucks on climbing sticks than, uh, fall out of the tree. So yeah. Yeah. So that's what I did that night. I just went home and I, I waited. Actually, we had that conversation. We were headed to my mom's house for something. On my way home, we had that talk. I checked the website. They were sold out. I checked it three hours later in like the middle of the night at when I was at work and they were back in stock. So I just ordered them in the middle of the night that night. <laughs> the same day we had that conversation. Okay. Because the only, and I had never used them before, but my cousin bought one, one, just one of them. Cause he has the single steps and then he likes to use a double step for his top stick when he hangs. Yeah. So he bought one single beast stick off somebody on Facebook and I used it and I was like, these things are nice. Yeah. So that's why I went with those. Yeah. And they have those holes drilled in them, right? Uh, yeah, the, I didn't buy those kind though. The, oh, okay. the kind without the, the kind without the holes are like $25 cheaper per stick Gotcha. or some shit like that. Something like that. Yeah. And I figured that as big as I am, the no holes may hold up better. Okay. All right. So you ended up, um, you ended up getting the, the B sticks and is, how many different varieties of B sticks are there? I don't, I don't have the website open in front of me is they have, they have a short and long sticks too, right? Yeah. I think they've got a 20 and a 24 inch stick and then a, uh, holes and no holes. Yeah. Essentially. Okay. That's uh, so four, I guess four, four different kinds. Gotcha. So you went in, you got, you got those. How many did you order? I, well, this is the funny part. I ordered four, and I don't know. There must have been some miscommunication in the warehouse. They sent me four, but three of them were the same, and one of them was not the same. Okay. So I I emailed Mario that day and that morning, and he had one. He had another one in route within twenty minutes. Okay. So I emailed him about it because I guess there was a prototype, or not a prototype, but like a, when they started to make the no hole sticks, they made. They made them just straight, absolutely no holes. But then they started to sell them with that system with the threaded rod or whatever to keep them together. Well, they made the no hole sticks with one hole to use the threaded rod that they sell. So I had three with that hole for the threaded rod and one without. Okay. So 
now I have five sticks, four with a hole, one without a hole. So I just have one as an extra. But the, uh, yeah, so I have five total I use four. All right. So routinely, your first time out using them, how did they perform? Uh, and then, like, obviously it's it's hard not to compare what you just went through with those hawk sticks to the, uh, you know, to the, the, the bee sticks that you're, that you then were using. Right. The, like, when I tell you it was the most night and day difference of using a piece of equipment, I am not kidding you. Yeah. The hawks, there's, they, they flex, they, you can just tell when like you set them that it's like only about 75% solid, you know, the, the antler bracket, they call it, or whatever the standoff is on the hawk or on the uh, bee sticks, those things bite so incredibly well. And the um, there's a specific way you got to set them to where like the uh, uh, so that they work most efficiently. Yeah. And then they they have the, the tapered grooves on the teeth or the tapered bottom on the teeth so that it's like you have down pressure. And then when it, the strap pulls it back up, it just seats perfect. They don't move whatsoever. I've used the straps and also Amsteel Daisy Chains. No issues with either one. Um, the the there's two bolts per step, which I which I like a lot. Everything is uh, press fitted, so the uh, tolerances are extremely low on these, and there's absolutely no movement in any of the pieces, and it is just a very high quality piece of equipment. In yeah. my opinion, and I the and the most the most solid climbing stick I've ever used, and I've used uh, original Lone Wolf's Lone Wolf custom gear, the swivelly bracket ones. I've used uh, Novix, which is the same thing pretty much as Lone Wolf. The uh, Hawks, obviously, and then uh, some other just generic generic ones, and these are just heading like so much better. Yeah. So <laughs> so when you um, ended up putting those on for the first time, you noticed a big difference. Uh, but what was the cost for those four sticks? Um, I want to say they were 75 or 79 a piece. Okay. I believe. All right. So don't quote me on that. Cause I think the, I think the original for four of them. Holes, um, that about right. That, yeah. But then the, yeah, shit plus shipping. Yeah. That's probably, probably under, about three thirty-five, I imagine, out okay. the door or to your door. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, a little bit more uh, in the cost department, but heads and shoulders above uh, the previous, you know, the hawk sticks that that you had, and and I take it that it just eased your mind a little bit going, you know, continuing to oh. climb up in this in the tree stand. Oh yeah, and and setting a twenty four inch stick is much easier than setting a thirty inch stick. Yeah. Doesn't seem like a lot, but when you've only got when you got a two step twenty four inch stick versus a three step thirty inch stick, and then the just the weight distribution and the the funkiness of it, <laughs> it's a lot easier. Plus, you can haul in more sticks; they're much lighter. Yeah. Um, the uh, obviously the. And I, I had to stack them differently, but I don't care. The um, uh, it's actually I like the way the B sticks stack better than the Hawks did because I'm not using a I'm I'm just using a regular Lone Wolf Alpha. So 
it's like I'm mixing brands, but I there's a specific way, to, uh, essentially a most efficient way to stack both of them, and I like the way the B stick stacks better, like sideways. You. The, um, yeah, I just can't can't say enough good things about them. The only the only singular problem and the customer service, and then I get I've watched some videos on them before I bought them. Customer service is exceptional. Talked to Mario a couple times. I've talked to Dan on Facebook, both of them very, very high quality. They care about their customers. In my opinion, they started making everything in America, which is why I think the prices went up a little bit. I think when they first started to make sticks, I think they were doing it overseas. And I, that's completely changed. If you look on their website, it looks like everything's made in America now. Yeah. Um, the only problem I've had, and I've been meaning to meet you, reach out to Mario about this. Um, I, you know, haven't, it slipped my mind now. The season's over. Uh, I'm having a hell of a time silencing them. Okay. What are you trying uh, to do to silence them? Um, the well, because when you hold them, just a bare stick, and then you you can with your fingernail even you can make it sound like a tuning fork sound. Yeah. And like all the it's all machine metal and all that, and it's just the the metal is just so loud. So I did like two or three layers of hockey tape on all of them. I, um, hockey taped the, uh, steps even in between the teeth, the, the standoffs in between the teeth, you name it. And that helped a lot. That helped a little bit, but I had to keep adding more layers because it was just, it was loud, loud. Yeah. And, uh, so I guess, Another thing, I, I talked to some people, I reached out to some guys on YouTube or whatever that have had the sticks, and I started to set up slower, which is not really my MO, but, and I'm kind of clumsy as it is, so, but I started to take my time and just set up significantly slower than I normally would have, and I'm just making myself be quieter, yeah, because I don't want the things to clang together, but... The only issue I've had with those so far has been the silencing, and I think I think the no holes have something to do with it. I'm not positive, but I think the ones with the holes are probably quieter because there's just less metal. It's essentially a tube at that point, what I have, and it probably echoes inside itself. Yeah. And but but even the uh, even the steps and the. Uh, um, standoff. So you just flick it with your fingernail and you can hear it's like a the little ting and it's not that, it's not that bad anymore. But when I first got them things, dude, it was bad, bad. So yeah. I think this, and also I don't have stealth strips. I didn't want to drop all that money on stealth strips. Yeah. So I used the hockey tape. I bet I'm willing to bet that if I went to the fabric store and bought a bunch of thick ass black felt or something, or, um, bought stealth strips, then, I could solve most of my problems, but I tried to go the budget route and I got like $11 wrapped up in all this tape. <laughs> so <laughs> I may just, I may just says the guy who just spent just, three, uh, 350 bucks on a tree stand. Doesn't want to spend $11 more <laughs> on tape. Well, no, I, I, I spent 11 bucks on the hot, on the two rolls of hockey tape. I didn't want to spend like $20 or $30 a stick on stealth strips. Is yeah. My, is yeah. my problem. Yeah. I gotcha. So, but my, my cousin's got a bunch of random shit left over and, uh, I may try and stealth strip one of them and see if that works. And then I might just do the rest, but yeah. 
the uh, that was the only issue. Otherwise, dude, as far as the the way they perform, top notch. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you this, man. I uh, I I just hockey tape my sticks. Some of them, anyway. That's what I. That's what I got. Yeah. It's like it's just a rant, like a random like digital camo hockey tape. Yeah, is what I did. But I ended up. I just was like two, three layers later. I finally got it to where it was, you know, the noise was dead enough for my liking. I yeah. mean, it's still not perfect, but I just felt like I had a hell of a, like I had an easier time um, silencing the uh, the hawks, even all with those obnoxious moving parts and shit. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, totally different design. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So uh, the next one and the last one that we're going to talk about today is the, is some lighted knocks you bought from Amazon. <laughs> yeah, this will be quick. Uh, don't. <laughs> I love those. The, uh, if there's like, I don't know. I don't remember what the brand was. I don't remember, but I'm telling you, they were so cheap. You know, it was one of those. It's, it was too good to be true. I should have saw it coming type of deals. Yeah. The uh, it it had a, the button was on the outside, which I thought for summer practicing that'd be great because I don't have to get my little thing, my little tool out or whatever, my knife and turn them all off and shit and. Yep. Whatever, but I hunted with them this year. I ended up shooting four four total arrows this year, and the only one that lit up was the one at point blank when I put that buck out of his misery. Okay. Uh, so basically, I was just shooting clear colored regular knocks. Gotcha. And there's these these knocks had. I, I've had always had great luck with nocturnal. Never had a problem. Yeah. But I always had a problem. But what I did have a problem with was. I was getting sent a mixed bag of stuff when I would order it from Amazon. So I think from now on, I'm probably just going to buy that stuff in the store somewhere, but I'm always trying to save money, you know, on sales tax and stuff. Cause Springfield sales tax is obnoxious, yeah. but the, so, but I was getting sent like whether it was the wrong size. Like if I need an X knock, they were sending me a G or whatever the sizes were off. I was getting like the shapes were different. Like it was just a, a mess sometimes trying to get the right knock. So I just said, I'll just try these. These are the right sizes. But then you look at the review and it's like 1.5 stars. And you're like, eh, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll strong. give it a try maybe anyway. Just, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe they're just mad, but no, yeah. they were. And then ever, like if there's 300 reviews on something and 250 of them are bad, the other 50 are probably robots and liars. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing. I just, and that's as we got a baby coming. So I got to, you know, we're budgeting a lot harder. So I got to start, you know, making more, I guess, throwing less, throwing money away on stuff. So I'm not, I'm not buying any more Chinese lighted knocks on Amazon anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you but know, I think I'll just stick to the old nocturnals that I've had so much luck with. Yeah. You know, I, man, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't even know what brand they were about three years ago. I put some lighted knocks and maybe I'm an idiot, which that could be, but I could not get like, I would turn them off. I would shoot the arrow. It would turn on, but then I would, I couldn't get them turned off again. And so they'd sit in my quiver just on and I, I just left them on. So, and then obviously throughout the summer, the batteries wore out and I never, you know, did anything to change it or anything, but 
that was a bad experience. I didn't like them, and I no longer use lighted knocks because of that of, of that one experience that I had. And I, I don't know. I I, I will never put lighted knocks on my uh, on my arrow again. Arrows again. Yeah, I uh, I like I said, I was one with the knock terminals. Never had a problem, but it seems like um, I have a problem with you know finding arrows. So yeah. I always shot them, but then this this year I probably only had like I only had I only bought a three pack of those. That was what saved me. Yeah, I only bought a three pack of these cheapo lighted knocks. I said to hell with it because this is the first time I shot micro diameter arrows. I shot you know the two forty four inside or whatever, so I was shooting the two o fours. Gotcha. This time, gotcha. This year I switched arrows, and so I didn't I didn't wasn't able to transfer over all my knocks. And instead of spending a hundred dollars to outfit all my arrows. I said, let's try this for 15. Right. So I had the regular, you know, the the red knocks that come with the box. I had those on most of my arrows and then just these first three or first four or whatever yeah. with these other knocks. But yeah, I think I'm, unless I, unless I, uh, um, uh, like, cause I plan, I buy arrows by the dozen typically. Yeah. So I usually only, I'll maybe buy one box of lighted knocks for like the first three arrows in my quiver. And then the rest, I'll just let it ride. So if I shoot all three in October, you know, I shoot a bunch of does or something, or I break a couple, I'll just let, I just say I'll let it ride out the season for, with the regular knocks, because I mean, no point in changing your setup in midway through the year, but yeah. Yep. Well, Brian, yeah. man, I, uh, I really appreciate you taking time, uh, out of your day to come on and, uh, talk about your experiences with some of this, uh, some of this gear and stuff. Um, yeah. So uh, thanks for your time, man, and uh, good luck uh, if you do any uh, anything this winter or start scouting or, or start planning for uh, the next year, man. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna start coyote hunting now that the deer season's over, and we're gonna start running a trap line at my house and for the next month or so. But yeah, I got I got my paternity leave coming up, so I'll have a couple almost a little over a month at home with the wife and the baby so that's going to take out the rest of my time till pretty much probably april i feel you i feel you well congratulations on the the baby man all right well it's not here yet so hopefully everything goes as planned